Hi, I'm Claire Riley and welcome to MS Understood. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in April 2017. At the time, all I wanted to do was get on with my life, put my head in the sand and privately listen to real people's stories about living with this unpredictable disease. I was deep in denial, terrified about the unknown ahead and I felt really alone. So there it is. MS Understood, conversations with real people from all walks of life who live with MS. Before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge that this episode of MS Understood was recorded across multiple lands. I recognise and acknowledge that all of Australia is Aboriginal land and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. I think for me, kind of going into a wheelchair kind of made it quite real um, because you know, as much as it's an invisible disability, it's in when you're in a wheelchair, it's not. Um, and I think that helped um, it helped other people realise that you know I've, I've got this. And you know, when when they see you sat down on the sofa or something, when they come in, they kind of think, oh, Dave, Dave's looking all right, but you know, Dave can't stand up, so he's not all right. <laughs> Today on MS Understood, we chat with Dave Walsh. Dave was training for Able Body Strongman competition when he got his first MS symptoms and after that had a really quick diagnosis. Having family members with MS did not make Dave's journey any easier. After grieving his love for the Strongman competition, he discovered disabled strongman events. It turns out this was great for rediscovering himself and steering himself away from toxic masculinity. He's now set to compete in the world's strongest disabled person events in Canada in June and different to able-bodied events, the disabled events are all self-funded. Dave is running a crowdfunding campaign to help him get to Canada. And if you're interested in donating, you could find the link in the show notes. It was a really great story and Dave is really realistic but also funny and hilarious about his diagnosis. Definitely worth checking this one out. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us on the MS Understood podcast today. How are you going? Hey, good. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, every, every time I do a podcast, I always um, think I'm going to enter in a really cool way. I'm going to say something cool, but it, it never happens. And it's always like, hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same when I start. I'm like, oh, this will be different. No, it's all the same. Um, I'm really interested in your story. I can't wait to hear more about it um, because I think... It's yeah, pretty pretty incredible. Um, I love to start every episode with a diagnosis story. So, can you share yours with us? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, so, it was in 2014. I was diagnosed with with MS, um, and it happened. I was um, I was I was working out a lot. I was training able-bodied strongman, and I was I was working you know a lot of hours, maybe like all of the hours. I was working day shifts, night shifts, and um my left arm just went numb no my right arm sorry went really randomly numb um and I kind of put it down to a trapped nerve in my neck because I was training strongman so much um uh, I just kind of like thought it'll fall out eventually um so kind of left it and then it, it spread to my um right side and after about two three weeks I was pretty much numb everywhere um so I left it for probably about another month um you know just thinking it was dude stuff I guess um and then my wife made me go to the doctors uh and then 
I went to the doctors and he, he asked the, the first thing they were asking is, do you think you've had a stroke? And I was like, well, if, if I did, it's a very, very long stroke, you know, so I'd be pretty messed up. But, um, and for me, getting diagnosed from seeing the, the first doctor to having my MRI was like two days later and having a lumbar puncture was like four days later. And then getting the official diagnosis was about three weeks. So, it, you know, I, I haven't got an awful diagnosis story. It was very clear cut my uncle's got MS and my grandmother's got MS so it runs in the family so as soon as I said that the doctor was like well yes it's MS um, but they st still made me go to have a nice lumbar puncture which was which is pretty fun I'm not sure if you've ever had one of them <laughs> yeah yeah so yep, yeah, I, I have <laughs> I think I think mine was the the worst experience I've, I've had probably because I was in in the room ready to get it done we were waiting for quite a few hours and I was quite a big guy there and I'm still a big guy now really but and you have to get in like the the, the fetal position almost and I, I couldn't stretch enough to to get there um and then they 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 kept getting it but they kept drawing out blood and you know it took them about I think about four attempts and after probably about five hours of them like putting needles in my back in my, in my spine he, he the doctor got it out and he just dropped it he dropped the bloody whole tube and you know there was my spine fluid fluid going everywhere and I looked at him and he he, he was pretty much crying I was crying the nurse was crying and my wife was there laughing and it was just like what's going on so they um they asked me to come back and get another one done but under x-ray so they could see what they're doing but I spoke to the, the neurologist after that and he was like, no, you, you've got MS. You don't need a, we don't, we don't need to put you through another lumbar puncture. So like, yes, thank you. Thanks mate. But in, in the same sentence, like, ah, oh, shoot, it's, it's MS. <laughs> I'd rather a lump, one lumbar puncture um, than MS, I guess. But yeah, from, yeah. from there it was, it was quite, um, like I say, it was about, about three weeks to, to a month. I got diagnosed and, um it was yeah e easy peasy for me to get diagnosed because of the, the history of the family and um because of the, the lesions they found on the MRI so I'm I'm grateful because I hear people go years and years with not knowing mm -hmm. what's wrong with them and getting told it's, it's not this it's not this it's not this but you know for me it was like yes yeah, this and I was like okay that's 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 the worst it could get, get really but yeah, yeah and that, that was it <laughs> Yeah. Firstly, your wife sounds like a legend laughing at you when oh, yeah. you're lying there crying for you. <laughs> and um, secondly, I wanted to ask what your, like if your uncle and your grandmother both had MS, did you have some preconceived ideas of, of what that might look like for your future? Um, no, not really. Because I, when I left, I left home when I was 16, I joined the military and I didn't, didn't really go back much. Um, and all I knew was my, my grandmother died at this point, but um, my, you know, to me, she, she had a walking stick in a wheelchair every now and again, but to me as a young kid, she, she was, she was old. So, you know, mm. she was my, my grand, like that was kind of normal to see grands with yeah. walking sticks and stuff. Um, but my uncle, yeah, I knew he had something wrong with him, but I didn't know it was MS. Um, and I feel really ashamed not knowing it now, because 
you know I could have took the time to kind of learn and help him out more um but I think I saw him he was in a he was in a wheelchair at my wedding um but I did I just still didn't put two and two together to you know this this could be it so when they said it was MS and I was like my my mum was like god oh, yeah my mum knew found out first like she asked the symptoms and stuff and she said to my wife like you know I've checked check it with MS and stuff and to me I didn't know anything about MS um I just knew my uncle Tim was in a wheelchair and you know, that's that's as that's as bad as it gets because mm. that's as that's as bad as he was. So I didn't overly know, and it was after that that I I got quite close with my uncle and got, started talking to him about it. And you know, he he was really the the honest one about it. He he was like, look, it's it's shit, and um, but you know, you you've got a good support network around you. Any anything you need, come to me, and you know, I I. I he he was just honest about it and that's exactly what I needed because you, you speak to so many people and they don't overly know or how to approach it with you because you mm-hmm. know they, they don't want to tell you the worst but you know that's that's kind of for me what what I needed I need someone to tell me the worst just to see yeah. how it could get but also my uncle's in a, he's in a pretty bad way um at the moment with his with his MS he's very progressed and he, he can kind of like only use one of his arms and um mm. he, he he needs like full-time care and he can't he can't move by himself basically um and this is also to due to breaking the hip because he was um when he was able to get up and stuff he'd get up and kind of fall over and, and broke his hip um so for me it's almost like you know is, is this the path I'm going to? And it, you know, it's, it's very worrying, I guess, but, mm. um, which is why I try to take each day as it comes and seize the opportunity to take over the world while I can. <laughs> well, and I think it's great to be able to have someone um, close to you that you can have these kind of conversations with, because a lot of people really don't understand a lot about MS, but I, I imagine it, it, like you said, it kind of sucks that um, the example that you can see is someone who needs so much care because, like you said, that's what you feel like or can see that life might look like in the future. Um, can you share with us what your symptoms or how your symptoms show up now? So now I get um, I get a lot of leg problems, so I can't really move my legs much. Um, I can move them, but they don't move as quick or as um, as as, as in the direction I'd want them to move, <laughs> they kind of just go everywhere. Um, and there's that kind of, with a lot of leg pain um, and um, kind of like, it's it's a very, it's a hard struggle to bear weight on my legs because um, they're just so weak and frail. I can stand up, but not for very long. Um, and I'm talking like seconds rather than minutes or something. Uh, mm. I can do So steps, you're in a wheelchair but, all the time? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in a wheelchair full time, yeah. yeah. Um, so so yeah and then I could I could do steps so I could do about three steps but my wife she doesn't call them steps because I kind of like fall into things and my legs just just drag along after um uh, so I get that and then I also get um issues with my right hands if if I use it too much so I, I can't hold a pen and I struggle with a knife and fork a lot of the time um uh so usually of an evening I'm sat there with a, a splint on so it kind of keeps my hand in the same position um which helps me for the next day and it massively helps with with my strongman and stuff 
um, and also I get a lot of uh, word confusion. Um, so after a certain time of the day, uh, when I get start to get tired, my words just come, come out all, all mumbly and stuff. And, um, you know, we could be talking about you know, dishwashers or something, and then all of a sudden, I can't say dishwasher anymore, but I can say motorbike, and motorbike keeps coming out. Um, and that's, mm. you know, that's really funny, to be fair. The kids the kids <laughs> love it. And my, my wife kind of, she knows what I mean by every everything I say, and she'll, she'll finish it for me, but sometimes she'll just roll along with the joke as well so it's, it's quite funny but there was a time for about a month it was happening at every conversation I was having mm. and that that did get frustrating um because you couldn't I couldn't communicate with anyone properly and you know I just stopped I stopped talking to people because a because it was um easier for me and b because I didn't want to talk to people I guess <laughs> I want to ask you you've mentioned quite a few times how you used to do strongman able-bodied strongman and now you you still hope I know that you do strongman competitions now that's why we're talking yeah Can I do you a little talk bit. about I think the transition firstly between how you felt about not being able to do that initially because I imagine that you wouldn't have gone straight into disabled strongman there would have yeah. been a time of maybe grieving or I don't know being frustrated that you couldn't do it anymore so yeah how was that when you weren't able to do it anymore yeah, so for me, um, I started Strongman in 2010 um, after leaving the armed forces. Uh, you know, I was, I was kind of struggling with my own um, with my own being, I guess, from leaving the army to being a civilian, not really knowing what I wanted to do and not really having many friends because all my friends, you know, I left school when I was 16, all my friends were military um, and you kind of, leave the military and you leave the military so there's not really many people um you you stay in touch with unfortunately um so for me i was i was training strongman and my my, my friends then became other strongmen and i was competing and I, I love competing that's kind of what it's all for i love the day of of just just putting it all out on the line and trying your hardest um so for me I got, I got I got to quite a good level of strongman as well. I, I got to uh, qualify for Britain's strongest man um, at the natural league, uh, in the natural leagues, and um, so when when I was kind of diagnosed and my legs started to go and I started to leave, know that I couldn't do. It was actually during a competition that you know I, I kept falling over and I, I was I would pick up a weight but I'd fall back with the weight and. Um, there was one bit where I picked up an atlas stone, which must have been about 130, 40 kilos, and I fell back with it. And, you know, it, the whole day was just a, a massive mess. So I kind of, at that point, I kind of walked away um, very slowly and with my, my wife's to prop me up so I didn't fall over um, from, from strong around then. And I fell into a bit of a dark depression because... I didn't know about disabled strongman, and again, this mm. this fills me with shame because you know the sport I love, strongman. I didn't know there was a, a disabled side of it, and and also to be honest, it wasn't that big back in back back in you know 2014, 15. Um, so I kind of stopped training. I I kind of stopped hanging out with my mates because they were all at the gym, so I couldn't get a clean break if I would stay with my friends because. 
you know, they were still competing, they, they were still training strongman. Um, so I kind of fell into a bit of a, a pointless being. Uh, and I felt like my self-worth as a, as a, a man and a husband and um, a father, it, it kind of, I felt it went, I, I felt like my masculinity um, was was pretty much gone. I, I wasn't the the guy that people would go to anymore to help them out with with anything. I was the guy that people would avoid to go to to help them, um, and they wouldn't tell me they're doing something just because I couldn't help them, and I'd feel like I have to help them, so I'd try, and then it'd all just end up with me probably falling over. Um, so it, it took it took some time to um, build myself back up to to kind of find what disabled strongman was and it was just it was over an, another uh military person who i didn't know before this i i saw him on facebook i think doing some disabled strongman i think it was a, a pull of a truck or something um and i was like well what's, what's this what's this guy on about um because I, I tried i tried other sports in between this i tried like power power lifting but it just wasn't for me and then so I saw this guy doing some disabled strongman. I was like, well, I didn't even know this existed. And I contacted him straight away. And, um, you know, he, he, he got back to me and we, we just kind of arranged a meetup and we went and trained strongman together. And it, it was just like straight away. I was like, what have I been missing? This, this is it. This is what, what I needed. And then, um, yeah, from, from there, it started to, to build up quite quite slowly. It started to build up my um, worth back again as a person, and my you know my what what I see as masculinity now. What what isn't the the, the it built up to a better style of masculinity rather than the toxic masculinity I had when I was in the in the forces where mm. you know I'm man, I eat meat, and so so on and so on. But it, it was it was just amazing feeling to be able to be back in doing strongman and um you know I, di I didn't care where I was placing or, or anything I was I was then being judged again on what I could do rather than what I couldn't do and that, that for me for was those of us who don't know can you tell us or tell me what um a strongman what what it is as a sport yeah so strongman is exactly as it says it's a strong well, it's a strong person you have you have the the, the female categories and that um so it's it's the strongest uh man on the day in that competition so it could the events could range from lifting as much weight as possible or lifting a set amount of weight as as quickly as possible or as many reps as possible and you've got different events like you could lift um a massive log over your head um for me i compete in the, the wheelchair category so i'm or oh, everything i do is sat down either in a wheelchair or on a bench or in a chair or on the floor um but yeah the, the events could range from lift having to lift a log over your head um or pulling a truck uh, where you're sat on the floor pulling it towards you or um what i like to do is um jump in my wheelchair and pull a lorry from behind you which is mm. pretty pretty cool um and you know there's if if what you expect to see on strongman when you watch it on tv um with the able-bodied strongman at the world's strongest man level um is exactly the same but we just adapt all the lifts so we can we can still do them we just do mm. them sat down and to me it's almost 
it's more difficult because you have to overcome quite a lot of things to get there um and you know you put it putting yourself on the line trying to trying to do these competitions but you know it's all it's all worth it for me i love it um but yeah the the, the crazier the events the better really uh, for me if people want to see some photos you've got some amazing videos on your instagram account um i was showing my son today of, of pulling a truck while you're sitting in your wheelchair which i think is outrageous how can people find you on instagram uh, yeah, so I'm I'm on Instagram uh, under sitting underscore bull underscore UK, um, and I'm I'm always on there. So you know, <laughs> if any if anyone ever wanted uh, any advice about strongman or lifting, I'm always uh, open to it. And I think that's that's what's quite good about social media. It's got its dark side, but it's got its great side. And mm. um, you know, just from sharing some videos or some photos, you get people who are kind of like motivated to try try a bit of a sport or try try something new um i'm also quite passionate i I do a podcast as well um about disabled sports um and i could because of the shame i felt not knowing about disabled strongman i felt a bit of a responsibility to try and get disabled sports out there so i um we have uh, i have guests on and they they're all disabled athletes and they talk about their disabled sports so we we've had um uh, someone come on to talk about amputee football we've had a wheelchair bodybuilder we've had um, this amazing uh, American lady called Lyra Dodelin who's training for the Paralympics and skiing um, and you know wheelchair um, wheelchair baseball for example <laughs> I didn't even know yeah. that was a thing and wheelchair like American football it's like what's, where's all this come from and what's the podcast called if people are interested in checking it out it's called Talking Bull Talks. Um, awesome. And, and I'll pop a link to the in the show notes so that people can find it um, if they're jumping on their Spotify or um, uh, Apple podcast. They can find a link there. But that's amazing. Yes, it's really cool. And I'm really privileged to, to get to speak to so many uh, amazing athletes about their their stories as well, really. Um, because we've all, we've all got stories and you know just to hear some of them makes you feel like it's if they can overcome what they've overcome then you know there's there's hope out there for for everyone to to reach their full potential and you know everyone's got potential no matter no matter what they think yeah hey I wanted to ask you the reason I came across you is someone shared a post of yours where you were fundraising to go to the world disabled yeah. strongman competition is that right yeah yeah the world's strongest disabled man so um this year it's 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 usually held in december time um but this year because of um i'm not sure why to be fair it's, it's being held in june but it's being held in canada and it's all self-funded these competitions so we have to fund ourselves to get to these places and um i'm, I'm fortunate i have um a few sponsors who would help out and stuff but um equally they're not helping out get getting to to canada and that mm. <laughs> um so yeah I'm, I'm doing a bit of fundraising to, to get there um and I, I i didn't overly want to do it but this this lady who goes to one of the gyms i go to um she's she set up for me and um it's actually her her son 
is actually quite a big inspiration to me and part of the reason I'm I, I go on and continue because her son is um he's, he's disabled and um autistic and they um he doesn't overly uh, socialize but he can recognize me on on tv like pulling trucks and stuff and when i come on he gets excited and uh he he actually went to school uh, in in the uk we've got something called sport relief um which is fundraising for for kids to play sports and stuff um for, for all over the world really but um he they dress up like their favorite sports stars and he dressed up like me uh, which was pretty oh, cool that's great i mean I felt bad have, having to sue him because copyright issues and stuff, but you know it was uh, it, it was quite great. And then you know when she was like, "You you need to go. People want to help." And I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah." And and it's gone it's gone fantastic, really. Yeah, you know, awesome. Crowd. Well, I can pop a link to that also in the show notes. Can I ask if you were not disabled and you you were going to the World Strongman competition, would that be self funded? No, no, that'd be funded by the, yeah. the World Strongest Man. Yeah, everything would be yeah. funded um, yeah. from flights. Yeah, that's to... what I thought. Yeah, and that's, it's, a, it's a massive shame, but um, you know, people pay to see the the monsters almost. So um, yeah. I, I can understand. And our sponsors, um, our sponsors, the the guys who run the shows, they they're trying their hardest to mm. get it like that, but. You know, it's, it was only the last ten years that the the people at the world's strongest man able bodied um, were getting as as good as treatment as they get now. So they used to yeah. get flown flown out on the Monday, compete on the Tuesday and Wednesday. If they didn't qualify for the Thursday or Friday, they get sent home. So the the competition wouldn't have to pay any extra um, hotel fees and stuff. So, you know, it's it's a growing sport, and I think with 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 more bodies competing and more exposure that that we're doing on the social medias is just um it's how it's going to grow and you know I'm, mm. I'm really really grateful for everybody who you know either donated or they just shared it or they just looked it or you know they they read it and they said oh I hate this guy but he just took, <laughs> they took the time to read it so you know I win that <laughs> yeah yeah well I'll pop the link if anyone's interested in donating so you can um, cover all your costs and go there and have an amazing success. I don't know what to say <laughs> to someone going to Strongman. I hope that was appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no, that's, that's definitely what I want. <laughs> yeah. I've got a few questions I ask everyone at the end of um, the episode. The first one is, do you think you've come to accept your diagnosis and what do you think helped with that? Um. Yes, I do. I'm, I think of definitely. I think for me, kind of going into a wheelchair kind of made it quite real, um, because you know, as much as it's an invisible disability, it's in when you're in a wheelchair, it's not. Um, and I think that helped um, it helped other people realise that you know I've, I've got this, and you know when when they see you sat down on the sofa or something, when they come in, they kind of think, oh, Dave, Dave's looking all right, but. You know, Dave can't stand up, so he's not all right. Um, but uh, yeah, I do. I think the problem with MS is, is you, you you grieve something, you kind of get used to something, and then something new could happen. So mm. you're always in a state of what's next, or or you know, you, you're never fully um, accepted of it because you don't know what's coming. Um, yeah. But for for me, I think. <sighs> 
kind of other people accepting it as, as well like my family and my my wife and um my kids they're all very um you know they like they like to think they're comedians about the whole situation and for me that, that that's good that's what I want I'm a mm. bit of a humorous guy I'm, I'm a guy I can't take anything seriously and it frustrates everyone you know I'd be on the floor after a big fall and I'd just be like you know start doing press-ups or, or start making a joke <laughs> about it straight away and and everyone's like you you just fallen over I was like yeah but you know it's fine I'm it happens yeah. yeah yeah I'm still I'm still here or you know I I went through quite a, a dark patch where I I, des- I designed a um a device to chop my legs off um which was just ludicrous it would have never worked and I, I was you know telling my wife about this contraption that I was going to put outside um one of the bedroom windows and I'd have to jump out onto this contraption and as long as the fall went well um I hang around with too many engineers uh, as long as the fall would, would go well I would be okay and the legs would be off and we'd be sorted because I went through a long stage of asking the the pain clinicians and if they if they would take them off and they, they said no um mm. so uh I, I was telling my wife about this contraption um but the first floor in my plan which she pointed out was I can't climb out the window myself I need help and she was like, I'm not helping you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I didn't, didn't think this through. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was oh quite, quite funny. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're a family of never taking anything serious, um, which is definitely what I want. And I think that that helps me accept it a bit more, that I can kind of be myself around it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's one piece of advice you'd give to someone who's newly diagnosed? Um, probably don't get diagnosed don't don't have a mess that's probably the best bit <laughs> no but, I mean, i'll um, take it yeah yeah take it everyone mm-hmm. take that but um i think i think for me what i would have liked to hear is the honesty that that i heard from my uncle and stuff like yes yeah, it's, it's shit and um it, it could get bad but there's no point living your life and and spending the years hating on what if this could happen i'd rather do it all now and then in the future be like yeah that happened but I was also able to to be the world's strongest disabled man or I was still, I was still able to be a, a, a decent father to my um children or something so mm. kind of I think, I think advice for everyone in the world rather not just newly diagnosed people would be that you know just live your life doing what you want to do I think I heard a heard, heard a quote saying it's, it's better to um be a, a 40 year old man sleeping on a, a sofa bed somewhere knowing that he he tried everything to get to where he wanted to go and had had a great life then to be a 40 year old man sitting in a, a nice house with a wife and children kind of wishing that he he took the steps to to be the guy sleeping on that sofa bed um so yeah just just kind of uh take take each day as it comes and make sure you enjoy life and if mm. if if you don't enjoy life then find find something to kind of help you enjoy life because it can make it go a whole lot easier and better if you find a passion mm, absolutely a healthy um, passion tell- not not like serial killing or anything that's you know yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> nah <laughs> yeah stay away from that tell me tell me what the best thing to have happened to you because of your ms is 
gosh, I, I think um, I've been able to have so many opportunities that I would have never have got if I was if I wasn't disabled or in in the wheelchair. Um, for example, I'm you know I'm fortunate to to be sponsored by a few top companies in the UK who provide me with all my kit I need and um, all, all the supplements I need to kind of get going. Um, and, you know, the, the connections I've made with people, um, I, I never would have thought about reaching out to some people from all over the world and in different countries. And uh, if, if it wasn't for, for the disability, um, I guess it gave me confidence to to reach outside some the places I wouldn't usually look. Um, yeah, and for me, knowing that people are taking away something from what I do as a, a hobby is, you know, uh, would, would, would they have wanted to take it away if I was able-bodied? No, probably not. Um, but for, for people to take stuff away from what I do is, that, that for me is a massive privilege and that, that w- would have never happened um, if mm. I wasn't disabled. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, the last question I'd love to ask everyone is what is something you would tell people to make MS more understood? Um, kind of look at all the, the different age ranges of MS. Um, I think when you go to like an MS um, meeting, I guess it's, it's kind of for the older, older generations. You know, there are people out there with with MS who are, are younger and into different stuff and into the stuff that the, the younger generations are into. And, you know, you can still go out and work and you can still go out and have a family. And so so if you were to look at the the age age that you are, then you could see so so many different people living their, their lives with MS, with families, with jobs, with careers. Um, but if you were mm-hmm. to just look at what is advertised in the mainstream, you would see, um, you would probably just see older people in wheelchairs, drinking tea in, in a, a very big, comfortable, accessible chair that t- tilts up when they, when they get up. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, if, if try and look look around for, for the MS and yeah social media is full of full of um, MS influencers now and you know with podcast shows like yours and um, uh, other shows that kind of celebrate MS I guess and celebrate different different um, sides of MS so definitely mm-hmm. just 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 look out there for for the bigger picture yeah thanks dave thanks so much for taking the time to chat about your life living with ms and the strong disabled strongman competitions is amazing people need to check you out on instagram um yeah thanks so much yeah no thanks for having me and thank you for raising the awareness you do uh by doing the show and i i think i first come across you when you you were doing a um a takeover for for shift ms and yeah, yeah that that was that was pretty cool to see like you know you could still go out and do all the swimming and um, I think, do you live on the beach pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. About <laughs> yeah. 700 meters from the beach. I might go for a swim now. Oh, we've got a thunderstorm, so I'm not sure that I'm going. But <laughs> it's, um, yeah. We're pretty close. Yeah. No, thank you for just spreading the awareness you do. No worries. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of MS Understood. You can find me on Instagram at Claire.Riley. 
The best thing you can do to support this podcast is click follow on Spotify, subscribe on your other podcast listening platforms and leave a review. This helps others to find the episodes. As you know, I'm always looking for guests for the MS Understood podcast. If this is you or someone you know, please send me a message via my Instagram account and in an effort to make sure we have equal representation, I'd love to hear from any members of the LGBTQI plus community, our black and BRPOC community or any men willing to share their stories of living with multiple sclerosis. I'm also sharing stories and tidbits from people who can help those of us with MS. So if you have a suggestion or anyone you know who would be happy to share how they can work with us, please let me know. Um, Thanks again for listening and please share this episode with someone you think it might help.